This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You are with Lee Chui Lin and Shamila Ganesan. Tonight, one of our favorite but also simultaneously most hated topics traffic. So a new report has found that Malaysians lost 159 hours last year on the road during peak hours. So we're talking about that. And it's talkback all evening. We want to know how long is your drive every day? What needs to be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? Call 7733-2900, send a voice note to 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. It is 6.08, so I don't actually think we need a factual basis uh, to start by, to start in terms of asking our question, which again is how long is your drive every day and what would you like to see to fix it? But we do actually have numbers and they are really, really depressing. Right, so... This comes from a digital mapping company called TomTom. They've released what they call the Traffic Index 2022, which is a ranking of 389 cities across 56 countries. To put a picture picture to the whole thing, drivers in KL lost 159 hours last year on the road during peak hours while driving in the city centre. This could have been used to read 31 books instead. So more or less half of those hours was because of traffic jams. The rest is just regular driving time. And KL was ranked 143rd globally, with drivers having an average travel time of 16 minutes and 10 seconds for a 10-kilometer trip in the city centre. And... uh, It's not just time, although time is money, but money is also money. And Malaysians would have spent more than 1,000 ringgit on petrol for those peak hour trips. And about one-fifth of that, or 221 ringgit, would have been due to the traffic jams. Now, due to those traffic jams, KL drivers would have spent an extra nine minutes more driving for every 10-kilometre trip during the morning rush and an extra 12 minutes more for every 10-kilometre trip during the evening rush. And the worst rush hour in KL typically falls on Thursdays between the 6 to 7 p.m. slot. Now... Of course, alongside this comes conversations about working from home uh, and being able to save all this time and money. Also public transport, which we'll get to later. But if you're wondering about the work from home idea, right? Uh, If we had spent one day, uh, specifically Thursday, because Thursday is the worst, of each week working from home, we would have saved 35 hours and 200 ringgit in petrol costs per year. Um, But if we spent three days every Tuesday to Thursday working from home, it would be 104 hours saved and 609 ringgit in petrol costs per year. So, uh, I mean, 159 hours is the, the, the number to beat. And I think it's also the number that when you really sit down and think about it, makes sense, right? Um, it, it kind of stands to reason that if you spend however long, like hours, uh, an hour, a little bit, like half an hour sitting in a jam every day, over the course of a year, that is going to add up. And bef- by the way, before anybody comes for us, I know you can read 
you can listen to audiobooks in the car. And that's how you could get the 31 books done. But still, that's not what we're talking about. No. Um, and also to add on to your point about working from home, the National Bureau of Economic Research also did a study. And the average time that you save by remote working in Malaysia is 69 minutes a day. So slightly over an hour a day saved by working from home. And you can save up to an hour and 20 minutes of commuting time a week uh, when you work from home. So there have been, like we said earlier, some points raised about public transportation as well, right? Because, for example, two experts, uh, Rosli Azad Khan and one Agil Hassan, basically claimed that faults in the public transport system may have driven last year's increase in the sale of private vehicles, which, of course, more private vehicles sold, more private vehicles on the road. Um, they say the lack of accessibility and weak coordination are indicative of poor planning. And uh, Rosli specifically noted that rail services like the LRT MRT and KTM also are available only in the Klang Valley and only for specific corridors. And in case you wanted an idea of how much that increase was, last January, uh, the Malaysian Automotive Association said that they sold 41.6% more cars um, in 2022 compared to the year last. Well, every time we have experts on to talk about um, public transport, it, it isn't... Sadly, it isn't very different, right? They keep saying that as long as we don't uh, step up uh, the efforts to make public transport accessible, to solve the last mile connectivity issue, to make sure things like um, trains and buses being on time is not resolved, it is not going to attract enough people to use that as their transportation of uh, choice every day. Um, so it's not surprising to me that we're still continuing to... Um, What's the word? We're still continuing to rise in terms of numbers of cars being sold. So we're going to be hearing um, some clips from shows that we've done on this in the past. We've also reached out to some folks, some stakeholders working in the, the questions, working around the question of transportation and cars and the like. So you're going to be hearing all of that. But mostly we want to hear from you. How long is your drive every day? Um, what do you think could be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? All answers welcome. You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Best flipping moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 6.14 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about traffic and how much time we waste in traffic because according to TomTom, Tom, uh, KL drivers would have lost 159 hours last year on the road during peak hours. They, well, uh, said you could have been, you could have used that to read 31 books. So whichever measure you prefer, 159 hours lost 31 books not read. Um, whichever it is, we want to know how long is your drive every day? What would make it better? What could be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? Tropical island, working from home. We want to know all of it. That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. That number to voice note or WhatsApp is 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, just um, to revisit some of what we've done, because previously when we discussed issues around roads, many of you brought up 
issues around road design. So why are Malaysian roads like that? Uh, Dr. Ahmad Farhan Mohamad Sadullah, Professor of Transport Engineering from University Science Malaysia, talked to us previously about how roads in urban and non-urban areas differ in terms of design. He also explained why when it comes to urban areas and highways where space is limited, engineers tend to go to the extreme. Usually on paper, things look looks good. Okay, So there are two types of, of roads. Uh, the roads on the non-urban area, there should not be any problem of design. By saying that uh, everything should be according to the guidelines and standard, which is which has taken uh, into account the safety requirement and the comfort uh, requirement. Okay, in, in in highway engineering, the alignment, the curvature, the the bands and all that, uh, they they have limits. Uh, you must conform within a certain limit to ensure safety as well as comfort. So uh, usually the design of our roads that are not in urban areas are okay. okay? But uh, in the urban areas, when space is limited, uh, the engineers tend to go to the extreme. Okay, So, so at times, uh, because design has to be constructed and constructing is not an easy feat. There's a lot of tasks, there's a lot of challenges. And sometimes uh, the designs are not being followed uh, in terms of precision. Okay, So that's why you see all these errors. So I would say urban highways do have problems. We do feel that some of the curves are a bit tight. Uh, and when we tend to drive over the uh, the uh, speed the speed limit uh, uh, or the advised speed at, at the band, we tend to you know because of the G force, we tend to lose our control. So the feeling is a bit uh, uh, funny and sometimes unsafe. And to add you know to make things worse, we are not only having an urban highway, we are having a multi level multi-level urban highway okay so now highways are getting higher and and because of that you have complicated ramps uh complicated access point which is very high and tend to be very steep so so that adds to all the, the problems so so the design uh perhaps sometimes do not uh, take into account the driving, the 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 hand, the riding experience, and therefore that's why we have lots of complaints. Uh, and and this is all because to me, we are over uh, constructing roads in urban highways, and you can see it is a visual intrusion. You you feel you feel afraid as well to be on those highways, especially when when you are on the ramps to to enter and exit. It, it feels like a roller coaster sometimes, you know. Dr. Farhan also talked about maintenance and the reasons behind why it's uh, often lacking when it comes to our roads, along with the external issues that damage our roads. Uh, in terms of uh, maintenance, there's another big issue. Maintenance is everywhere. Okay, Maintenance uh, uh, is, is lacking, uh, not only because we, the, the governance behind maintenance have issues. Okay, We can talk about it. But there are also a lot of uh, external issues that are uh, damaging our roads before their time. And, and not only weather, weather is of course uh, uh, an example. If you have flash floods, definitely the pavement will deteriorate, disintegrate because of the water. But 
uh, as I've mentioned uh, previously, overloading heavy goods vehicle to me is is the biggest culprit because with that kind of loading, it is two or three times the uh, the design load. Okay, so if that happens on a regular occurrence uh, throughout the network and with weather problems, uh, you can imagine that our roads will just disintegrate. And the sign is potholes everywhere. That was Dr. Ahmad. Ahmad Farhan Mohamad Sadullah, Professor of Transport Engineering from University Science Malaysia. That was actually an excerpt of an interview we did with him last year, one of many. Uh, he's always a pleasure to have on. You can find that show on our website and our app by looking up Are Malaysian Roads Really That Bad? Spoiler alert, many listeners at the time thought yes. Um, so we are asking you today, how long is your drive every day? What needs to be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, we have a call on the line with us. We've got Aziz. Aziz, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi. Good evening. Um, hi, Ashwin and um, Shamila. Hi. Hello. Hi. Okay, um, um, I'm working in, uh, I'm staying in Bandar Parubangi. I'm working in uh, somewhere near uh, Mid Valley there. So, uh, I'm lucky because uh, my company, uh, they provide a flexible hours of working. We are working at the nine hours, so we can start at the 7.30 early in the morning. Then we can go back at 4.30. Then so we can uh, clock in from 7.30 to 9.00. Or we can make uh, 4.30 to 6.00. So I'm, normally I, my uh, travel is around 40 minutes from Bangi to because early in the morning there's not so, so many traffic. Hello? Uh, Aziz, I, I'm wondering whether you've ever um, it, like missed your window or anything like that and then found yourself in traffic and thought, why am I doing this? Because, I mean, like I think Bandar Baru Bangi to KL, 40 minutes is not bad, but in traffic, it would just really be crazy. So true, especially at the Singapore City Highway, you know, if you go, I uh, mean, you go after 7 o'clock, you'll be stuck like, you know, uh, two hours instead of uh, 40 minutes. Hmm. Aziz, thanks so much for calling. Uh, I think that that, that I, I really wanted to get at that because that distance with the highways before you get into like KLKL, ooh, um, I, I work odd hours as well. Both you and I work odd hours. And the times where for whatever reason we have that change, the ooh, my blood just runs so cold. I think for a lot of people, if they don't have a choice, imagine just knowing that's what you're in for every day. Um, I know some friends who live, who do a similar sort of commute and they often just leave at 5am so that they don't have to drive in traffic uh, rather than drive in traffic and arrive late anyway. Uh, let's see. We have people WhatsApping in um, to tell us both their time as well as mention that they listen to everyone who's taking the time to not just message, but also to tell us that you listen to us during jams. We appreciate you. Drive safe. Uh, Alfred's one of them saying, at times when there is less traffic, an hour. So a solid two hours a day for BFM. Oh, that's nice. We hope you I mean, ma we make it a little bit more worthwhile and bearable. I mean, it's a nice message, but the, <laughs> the drive is, is not so great. Yes. An hour is like, ooh. Uh, we also have, let's see, another caller with us. We've got Frankie. Frankie, good evening. What are your thoughts? Good evening. Malaysian road conditions, one thing, but it really bothers us is the jam. And you know what caused the jam? The toll. 
I pass by this uh, Damansara Thor every morning, and after the Thor, it's horrible. There's a bottleneck, and that's where it costs so much jam. It is a Thor that costs a jam, and it's annoying. Every morning, you can have a look there. Right after Damansara Thor, there's a bottleneck, and that's where the jam wastes so much time there. Frankie, I feel you. It's painful, right? Especially after you've paid the toll. It is. It is. You've paid the toll, <laughs> and yet you have to queue up for, 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 for hours and hours just get out of the gym. I'm curious, are there alternative routes that you could take that maybe distance-wise is longer, but you may escape the jab? Same thing. You mm. pass the toll, that's where the bottleneck is. It's a toll that causes a jam. The government had to do something about the toll, and we were looking forward. You know what I mean. We were looking forward. It didn't happen. Frankie, thanks so much. Um, and thank you for bringing up that one specific toll because, I mean, there are others that are as bad, but uh, as someone who, for a period in my working life, was unlucky enough to sit in that jam uh, in the evenings, truly, the moment you pass it and you see like the, the gantry go up, you see the thing leave, your, your smart tag, your touch and go, your RFID, whatever, and you go, oh, okay, cool, another 45 minutes, thank you. Gosh, um... I'm relatively lucky that I've never had to take that toll during rush hour, to be fair. Mm. Well, there is that. Uh, let's see. We also have um, Redzwan who says, My commute from Kajang to Damansara uh, takes me an hour and a half to two on very bad days. I might as well commute to Malacca or Moa. That's true. You know, I think about that a lot. Um, I remember someone telling me once that they drove into KL for work from Suramban. And on the one hand, I thought, oh, that must be such a long drive for you. And then I realised I was actually driving the same amount of time when I lived in KL and worked in PJ. Mm, I had a... Um I had a friend in college who was going to college in Damansara, but um, lived and lived in Klang. And I was thinking about it also from the point of view as a student. I mean, we're talking today about working people, right? But when you're a student, um, the amount of toll, and this was before the toll went away, but the amount of toll that you would be paying daily just to be able to get to get to your school on time is actually something that I haven't thought about in a while because I haven't been a student for a while. But yeah. We also have, let's see, um, Anil, who says, I used to work in PJ, lived in Balakong, easily scoring nothing less than two hours. That's when I started spotting BFM's car stickers on a number of cars. One fine day decided to tune in and I've been a loyal listener ever since during traffic hours. By the way, I once got billed by a pigeon also. So earlier, Anil, a crow flew into your chest so what did the pigeon do exactly? Come back to us. I, I just have curiosity. I also feel like it's starting to seem like it might be a targeted attack by birds. Yeah, by birds. But then I don't know how much the uh, pigeon and crow community talk. But anyways, Anil, um, again, I'm saying this to everybody truly. I, I mean it every day. I don't say it every day. But drive safe. And thank you for listening. Uh, let's see. We've got Shankar on the line with us now. Uh, Shankar, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi. Good evening to you, Shamila, right? Sharmila and well, Lynn, yes. Hi, Lynn, Sharmila. No, actually, I, I travel from Klang to Bukit Damansara on a daily basis, right? And uh, I get stuck about one hour, one and a half hours, two hours in the traffic, even though I, I leave early at 6.30. And and I've, I've heard Anthony uh, Rook was trying to, you know, he came out with a lot of uh, ideas to reduce traffic. and I, You know, but actually there's no enforcement. There are a lot of heavy vehicles in the morning on the road. Heavy vehicles are the main contributor to the traffic jam. They hog the road. That's one. Motorcyclists, they also 
they don't use the motorbike lane, they use the car lane. And they get, get into accident and that causes a jam again. I do not know why all this is not being attended by, 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 by the, the transport ministry or anybody. Yeah, I think that uh, particularly the motorcycle point is, is just something that I think about a lot as well. Um, I was curious whether Klang to Bukit Damansara, has it always been a consistent amount of time? Has it changed over the years? Has it gotten worse, gotten better, anything like that? Yeah, it has gotten worse. And uh, to tell you the truth, uh, in Chinese New Year, this was my Facebook. It only took me 30 minutes from Klang to Bukit Damansara. During Chinese New Year. There was, the road was empty. I drove in 30 minutes from Klang to Damansara. That's fast, right? And I think they should come up with a speed lane, you know, by a fast lane, sorry. Where people who drive fast can, you know, can use one special lane where they ride fast <laughs> compared to the people who are hogging the road. Shankar, thanks so much for calling and for that suggestion, which I think some people are going to find uh, very, it's going to be popular and then I think also controversial. Yes, because then people will start disliking the ones who are on the fast lane and not driving fast enough. Yes. Um, so we're asking you today, how long do you, how long is your drive every day? What could fix it? Uh, so far, we're hearing fast lanes. Uh, we're talking about tolls and how to manage that. We want to hear your suggestions. And also, what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? We're talking about this because TomTom, Tom, um, in their Traffic Index 2022 ranking, found that drivers in KL lost 159 hours last year on the road during peak hours in the city centre. So, again, how long is your drive? What could be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in this endless jam? Uh, call us double seven double three two nine hundred. You can also send a voice note to 018-789-8899. It is the same number also to drop us a WhatsApp and tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for more of your messages as well as some voice notes from experts. Keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Bringing fresh meaning. BFM 89.9. It's 6.37 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila today. We're talking about traffic. Um, thank you, Tom Tom, for releasing the Traffic Index 2022 ranking, which proved what most people driving in KL already knew. So last year, drivers in KL lost 159 hours on the road during peak hours in the city centre. That's the time to read 31 books. I don't know books of what length, but the point is 31. And uh, we also spend, let's see, uh, 1,000 ringgit on petrol during those peak hour trips. Do we need more to get more angry? Uh, we want to hear from you. How long is your drive every day? What needs to be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp. 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with some voice notes on this side of things. Um, let's see, here is Dinesh. My traffic woes can be summarised in two words, Puchong and LDP. Uh, my office is somewhere in Damansara, so it takes me about an hour in the morning to drive to work. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is in the evening after work. It takes me two hours, sometimes even three when it rains to get back home. So that's about an average three hours a day. And that's like 15 hours a week spent on the road. That is really crazy. Dinesh, thank you very much for that. Is the LDP... Okay, I, I, I feel unfair asking this. I was going to say, is it like 
is it helping or is it hurting? You know, at this point, like, what is it? So I thought your question was going to be, is the LDP the least popular highway to drive on? To which I was going to say, I think federal highway during the peak hours can be hell on earth. Uh, I think federal is visually very difficult because it's many, many lanes. Uh, There's the escape routes are like far and few between and the the influx of roads entering it is also tricky. So um, I hear you on the federal. It used to be the federal for me for a long time until I've recently been enjoying it off peak and understanding its purpose a little bit better and being able to be like, wow, historically, the first highway. Otherwise, I'm usually just really mad. (laughs) I think the federal is also less frustrating because by now there are many, okay, I'm not going to say many, but there are a fair number of alternatives that you can take versus... Um, a number of places that are along the LDP, for instance, and a couple of other highways, you have no choice but to take that road. So uh, two contrasting opinions. Uh, Well, not exactly, but uh, Naomi says, I'd rather be working from home. And then KCKJ says, the minute saved work from home is probably wasted wasted scrolling social media on the toilet. You're worse off. Oh, I <laughs> that's such a sad way of looking at the time that you save by working from home. Well, it's not just that. I mean, it's the visual. Like, it's just a very strong visual. It is true. Um, perhaps one that is familiar for many, though. Um, but I will say, I think that I think that the it's not just time that you save working from home. I think there's also this sort of. Uh, headspace, mental energy, effort, a lot of which involves the process of getting ready, driving to work, um, all of which that can be saved by having at least some flexibility. Uh, I think this is a nice setup uh, for us to get to our first clip from um, the experts that we asked about this. So Siu Ng says, Hi, I'm shocked that those complaining about traffic jams don't seem to realise that they're part of the problem and instead blame others, motorcyclists on highways, the existence of tolls. It's not that simple. Please ask experts to give the physics of traffic jams, the equation, all factors involved in it. If we think there are too many drivers on the road when we're caught in a jam, we're contributing to it too. By the way, there's a reason motorcyclists don't use the bike lanes. They're not well maintained and thus dangerous. Also, a few have even closed to accommodate new highways, no thanks to cars, such as the lane from Brickfields to Federal because of the mess created by Duke 3. Siu Eng, I completely hear you. And I say this as somebody who feels a fair amount of guilt for not uh, using public transportation more. Uh, But I think the truth is also for someone like me, there is actually no feasible way to get from my home to where I work uh, without driving. Um, I'd have to drive at least half of half of the way to be able to access public transport. Um, I'm not saying that's the case with everyone, but I do think it's um, it's more we need to provide the means for pe- people to be able to make the switch as well. Uh, yes. So I was going to say, I think that it's it's easy to feel this sort of anger outwards. Um, I also think that we're all in this together. And your point actually cuts both ways. Because on the one hand, people calling in or, or messaging to say, hey, it's it's other things. Um, they're part of it, yes. But that's not to exempt um that's not to exempt the other factors that are also causing jam, which is fair and true. And to your point, Sharmila, it's systemic problems, right? It's the fact that we can't stagger our working hours. It's the fact that for many of us, public transport doesn't get us where we need to go in a timely fashion or at all or safely. So It's the fact that I have to walk down a very dark road if I do decide even to uh, take a bus, for instance. Yes. Um, Let's see. We also, I think... Let's first head to um, someone that we asked about this, right? Um, Because we reached out 
to Professor Dr. Mohamed Zali Shah, Professor of Transportation and Logistics at University Technology Malaysia, kind of presented the story and then asked him uh, what his thoughts were. Congestions and delay in mega cities like Kuala Lumpur is unavoidable, especially during commuting peak hour. It is interesting that TomTom in its study attempts to quantify the effect of congestion, uh, which the report highlighted that on average, a single person spends 159 hours on the road. The amount of spend, the amount of time spent unproductively in private vehicles is actually huge. Yeah. And what about the effect on the environment? Yeah. Uh, if a single car you know, produces that amount of pollution, uh, what about thousands of cars? I think I think this need to be highlighted by the ministries and agencies responsible to uh, to manage our traffic in Kuala Lumpur in big cities and uh, uh, and educate the public you know, that we do have alternative which is you not know, using public transportation. However, you now public transportation uh, is still. Uh, far from being very desirable, uh, far from being a real competitor, real alternative to driving, because you know public transportation has its own disadvantages. You no, know? uh, it does not provide uh, direct access. Uh, it has um, issues relating to first mile and last mile accessibility. There are uh, delays in using public transportation itself. So, in order to make it very attractive, you know, um, the agencies responsible must look at improving and you know, increasing the reliability of the services. Uh, increasing the frequency to ensure that travel time, waiting time is reduced significantly will definitely attract more people to switch from using their own vehicle to using public transportation. You have to look at the first mile issue where people decide to use public transportation uh, in the first place you know, because if it is difficult from one's home to reach the rail station or the public transport station, they would not choose to use public transportation. Other things like you know, uh, increasing the parking fee, uh, reducing the parking lots in the city centre will help to discourage um, people to drive into the city. That was Professor Dr. Muhammad Zali Shah, Professor of Transportation and Logistics at University Technology Malaysia. Uh, that last point is something that other countries have uh, put in place, but of course those other countries have better public transport. No, that's absolutely it, isn't it? I mean, it's always the two sides of the problem. Um, on the one hand, we absolutely need to improve public transportation to encourage people to get off the roads. Uh, but if that doesn't happen then this is just going to get worse and worse. Uh, we also, we have a caller on the line with us, actually. Um, again, we're asking you, how long is your drive every day? Uh, what would make it better? And what would you rather be doing? Um, if you want to kind of share with us what you think about when you sit in jams, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. On the line with us is Mohammed. Mohammed, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, good evening. Yeah, so uh, on average, I spend about an hour, an hour and a half commuting to and back from work. But I just want to highlight something related to the point of 
uh, had the study finding that we lose 159 man hours in traffic on average um, for an individual. But I think the actual loss of productivity is way higher than that. The reason being, after spending an hour, an hour and a half in the road, once an individual reaches work, he's tired, he's stressed, and he's not ready to start working he or she would probably need a little bit of time to adjust, and that too probably would not be able to function as productive as how he or she would be if they didn't have that stress. And the same thing happens on the trip back. Once they arrive at home, they're tired, and this would then lead to issues that could lead to trouble at home. And this would then further worsen the productivity because when an employee is not happy, or he has family issues, or he's stressed, and he doesn't come from home happy, the productivity is further worsened. So I think that I'm no expert in traffic studies, but as a layman, I think that the actual impact, the productivity loss is way higher than what the study would probably suggest. Muhammad, I'm curious whether you've had the opportunity to either work from home or to have flexible hours, and whether this made a difference for you. Yes, uh, I have the. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm glad that now I have a little bit of flexibility in terms of going to work. What this does is it removes the stress on me on rushing to make it at a particular time to work. You know, but nevertheless, you still have. To, I mean, the morning traffic doesn't uh, get. It's not over in an hour. It takes a few hours to to literally subside. But at least I do not have the stress to rush and make it for one particular time. And I was a former civil servant. One thing I think the government did right was previously they used to have a rigid clock-in and clock-out timing. Subsequently, they went to staggered timing. And now the civil service, they have this flexible timing where they can clock in from 7.30 to 9 and go back according to the time that they came in. So I think all this actually helps. And this kind of arrangement are small things that can lead up to bigger things if all everything is done right. So I think we are, I mean, there's a lot to complain about, but I think we should all look at what small things that we can do to make things better. Mohammed, thank you so much for calling. And uh, I, I think staggering, staggering working hours is something that you and I have been talking about, partly because it's something that we enjoy just by virtue of uh, the job and the role. I think this is something that would benefit so many workplaces, honestly. It would accommodate, uh, for instance, people with children who need to be uh, dropped at uh, school before coming in, um, others perhaps who may have uh, elderly folk to care for. There are so many ways in which um, having more flexible starting and ending times can be made to suit people and their particular lives. Uh, we also have another caller with us. We've got Darren. Darren, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hello, I have a comment and also, if you don't mind, uh, out of curiosity, one question as well. So first thing first, I want to say I have a motorbike, I have a car, and I stay near to an LRT station at Shah Alam. And uh, my favorite, my preference right now, it has to be my own car, okay? Not the bike, uh, due to the weather and also uh, risk, uh, the risk uh, on the road. And then the LRT, uh, not really because of the last mile issue. And uh, beside that, also the sudden condition within the train, within the coach, uh, quite scary. Eh? Sometimes we think that we're sitting, uh, you know, uh, riding on the LRT is, uh, uh, you know, is automated and then I can read my books and all that. No, it's not that. It's quite sudden and it's quite bad. Yeah, so car, yeah, I still prefer car. And I would like to go back to uh, this uh, so-called uh, earlier, somebody from Bangi has said that um, 
flexible working hours. I think that helps, yeah, with my, uh, you know, uh, going to work, uh, driving the car. Yeah, so that's my comment. And then uh, out of curiosity, based on the TomTom Tom, uh, research for Malaysian city, right, if you don't uh, mind, I ask uh, uh, our host, uh, Shamila and Lin, i just wondering, uh, today is Friday, and usually Friday is the worst traffic at all. I mean, uh, for all. But, but then the research studies find that actually it's Thursday. Uh, so mm. I'm just curious uh, why is it so. <laughs> Thank you. Darren, uh, thanks so much for calling. I'm actually, this is such a good point. I also would have thought it was Friday, to be honest. Uh, but I, I'm not sure. I wonder whether, do you think it has something to do with working from home and people choosing to work from home on Fridays? I was thinking it might have to do with the fact that a lot of companies might end slightly earlier on Fridays. And oh, therefore, yes. the, the going home times would be staggered. That's a good point. And, mm. and not just companies. Yes. Not just the private sector. That's no, you're true. right, you're right. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, that's what I thought. Um, to be fair, the, the study doesn't explain why Thursday in particular. We'll find out, Darren, hopefully for you <laughs> and get back. Uh, again, we're asking you, how long is your drive every day? What needs to be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. It is 6.53 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. Today it's all about traffic uh, because a new traffic index released by TomTom found that drivers in KL lost 159 hours last year on the road during peak hours driving around the city centre. They kind of measured it according to a 10-kilometre radius. And we've been asking you, uh, how long is your drive every day? What needs to be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? I imagine so many things. Uh, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note to zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. So let's get uh, to some specific roads that are being named because there are so many of them. Uh, starting off with this voice note from Adit. Have you ever heard of the notorious Bandar Saujana Putra roundabout? Once upon a time, people choose to live in Bandar Saujana Putra because it's supposed to be a suburbs, supposed to be away from the city, but there's only one entrance and one exit to Bandar Saujana Putra. And the only exit also is the exit from SKVE and also exit from Plus Highways. Why do they do such a city planning? And that cause every uh, one hour jam every day during peak hours. It's a really low-hanging fruit that can be solved easily, but until now, it is still not solved. Adip, thanks so much. You know, um, listening to listening to you speak, I was reminded of our caller, Muhammad, earlier, who spoke about the exhaustion <laughs> that is caused by driving, you know, just these, these distances. I was going to say, in Adib's voice, I hear the echoes of a thousand frustrated drivers stuck in traffic jams. I am grateful that I don't live uh, or work in that area because when you said there's one entrance, one exit, and by the way, it is also this, I was just like, oh, there's no way this is good. Um, we have more voice notes, but I also wanted to, again, go through the naming because Fadero, for instance, says, may I say this? I hate Oak Lang Road. The, <laughs> the road alignment is a nightmare and now I'm going there. Oh, I feel you, Fadero. I have to take that road more often than I'd like. 
Yes, and and uh, uh, luckily, as Lynn pointed out, usually it's not during traffic, but on the odd occasion that it is, it is terrible. Well, yeah, and it's U-turn central and then the U-turns are controlled and by traffic And people end up on the U-turn lane when they don't want to U-turn, so they'll just like wait there. It's, yeah, it's all a mess. Uh, there's more shaming. We have Suying saying, two hours one way from Shalam to Jalan Tun Razak for my end-to-end total commute post-pandemic when it used to be one and a half hours max during peak traffic pre-pandemic. Today at the beginning of school holidays, under one hour to reach the office. I've forgotten what the MEX or MEX highway looks like, smooth flowing, until today when you pay six ringgit one way, paying to sit in jams. I've forgotten what the MEX... I'm paying to sit in jam. Sorry. (laughs) I reread the same line twice because uh, too much pain. It's, it's just, it's, it's, oh, I, sorry. I'm in a bit of shock because, you know, um, Sometimes when you complain about tolls, it can sound like you're, you're sort of just circling a small point when the truth of the matter is six ringgit one way like on a regular basis, that is just so much. And again, to do that knowing that it's almost pointless, not quite, almost, not quite, but kind of pointless. It's a, it's a really tough pill to swallow. Uh, we also have this from Fazli. I work at Bukit Jalil and live in Banda Utama. And well, basically I spend average at least two hours per day in the gym. Two and a half on a sometimes more on a bad day. So, yeah, I can think of many things I'd like to do: read, workout, sleep, eat, and yeah, just as much as I enjoy listening to you guys in the radio station. There's so much. There's so much more I'd love to do. <laughs> Fazli, we don't hold that against you. Not at <laughs> I mean, all. That two hours in the jam, and you know that that eat, workout, sleep. That's just life. That's just life things that you want to be able to do. So this is what I think about um, when I think about why sometimes the working from home or even the flexible hours is so helpful, right? Because sometimes it's not that I want, people want to do anything extravagant with their time. They just want to have a little bit more time to, I don't know, have a meal in peace without having to be stuck in traffic. Uh, we had, well, I think this from Wendy paints a picture. Wendy says, early morning. 6 plus, 40 to 45 minutes. Before 5, pl- before 5 plus, 1 hour. After 5 plus, about 2 hours. Don't forget weather. Oh gosh, the the difference in time is actually quite uh, quite crazy. Yes. It, it, I mean, it's very stark, right, when you see it like that. Um, Amiro, meanwhile, just uh, spitting truths. <laughs> I really, really, really despise KL traffic. I was stuck for almost two hours in the traffic from Klang to KL, Max, Jalan Tun Razak. The worst part, I was holding the urge to pee. There were no petrol stations along the road. I'm angry and frustrated. Please do something about oh, this. Oh, my goodness. I, I can, I'm not going to say I can identify, but I can, I really feel you. That is a painful trip. Yes. Keep those thoughts coming. Um, we want to know how long is your drive every day? What needs to be done to make that better? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. If you would like to send a voice note, it's zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. You can also WhatsApp us there and tweet us at BFM Radio. Brainy fancy material. BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 7.07 and 
You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're continuing our conversation now about traffic, uh, particularly traffic in peak hours in the city centre because last year, drivers in KL would have lost 159 hours on the road during said peak hours in the city centre. A little bit worse on Thursday evenings for some reason. Um, and we've been asking you, based on this, I mean, I'm grateful for the data, but it's also something that we all already know, <laughs> live through, can look out our offices and see. So, yeah, we're asking you, how long is your drive every day? What needs to be done to fix it? And what would you rather be doing than sitting in a jam? Again, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. that number to voice note or WhatsApp. 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So, as mentioned, we've been reaching out as well uh, to people who work in this field to ask them for their thoughts on the study. And now we've got people uh, primarily focusing on public transport, which I think is salient, particularly considering that some messages have been coming in talking about exactly that. Let's start with this from Azif Azuddin, independent urban mobility researcher. TomTom's findings are unsurprising, actually. If you think about it, um, congestion or traffic jams, they are an unfortunate reality for those who live in the Klang Valley, right? And what the study does is simply quantifying it in terms of opportunity costs, right? Now, what that means is that the choice made by driving means you could have read over 30 books or you could have saved over 100 hours doing other more productive things with your time or the amount of money you could have saved, right? Or lost actually being in traffic. Now, these are the things that the study does. And I think it's interesting that they frame it in terms of opportunity cost because then you give a very tangible feel to what you lose when you get caught in traffic or when you spend time commuting to work, right? And frankly, it's it's a sad, it's a sad fact, uh, but it's also unsurprising. Now let's talk about it from a policy perspective, right? From an urban planning or housing perspective, introducing policies or incentives for affordable housing closer to major CBDs or commercial business districts in cities or townships, or at least where people work, can reduce time spent on traveling. But more importantly is how this can help manage cost of living, right? So you save money on not needing a car or motorcycle and the adjacent costs that come with it, right? Things like maintenance, insurance, parking, etc. Another policy that's been discussed very often in recent years is remote working. During the pandemic, a lot of companies forcibly adopted the model, but many have now shifted back to having their employees return to the office, right? For a variety of reasons. But if more companies, especially those that can afford it and those that are capable of doing so, can permanently adopt a flexible work model or maybe even go fully remote, right? Then you can save employees' time and cost on traveling. And there's evidence for this. A recent report on Bloomberg showed that last year, New Yorkers spent $12.4 billion less in that year. And all of this was because they worked 30% fewer days in the office, right? Because of flexible work models. Now, that's huge in terms of savings, especially when you consider the additional cost of coming to the office, right? For example, socializing, post-work socializing, lunch, etc. So yes, I think there is evidence to show that there is savings in terms of cost, especially to the employee when you use a flexible work model. That was Azif Azudin, independent urban mobility researcher. We also reached out to Bernard Chong, transport activist from Transit Malaysia. I think the key message for the TomTom research about congestion in Kuala Lumpur is that, you know, despite the amount, the, the big infrastructure spent by the private sector mainly into our highways around the Klang Valley, we've got three highways built in the span of, what, three years? So much to show for it. And we're hitting the physical limit of what we can cater for. 
if everyone in the Klang Valley has a car, we won't really have a Klang Valley to live in. We've got to sacrifice our parks. We are already sacrificing our neighborhoods in some circumstances just to allow bridges, tunnels, roads to be built. There is a British uh, rail poster in the early 80s incentivizing rail travel. And what they did was they showed what London would have looked like if every person had a car. There was no London except for the Big Ben. It's an amazing poster. It is what's hap- what will happen to, Clang- to the Clang Valley if we don't have a serious discussion about our transport future. And the TomTom research doesn't really acknowledge much about the social and the physical mental health factors because you've got to scope your research down to some points. But if you think about it, you know, if you're stuck right in front of PJ Hilton you know, at 7pm just waiting on the Federal Highway to go home, you're sacrificing one to two to even sometimes three hours of your time being in the car. And this is at the expense of being able to exercise, being able to do things that will enhance your mental health. And you know, research has shown that you know, longer travel times associated with congestion and poor connectivity results in poorer mental and physical health. And from a social aspect, there are people who can't work from home to save money or to save travel time. You can't tell a factory worker or security guard to work from home. It's not happening. You know? So it is not irrational for them to get into a car or a motorcycle and jam their way into the city and back. So the impacts of congestion, the impacts of longer travel times affect them even more. And this means that they've got to sacrifice a lot more in order to be able to attend work. Um, and, and this leads me to the point that we need to start having serious discussions about what an alternative transport future for the Klang Valley. How does that look like? Because right now, there is no future. We are just continuing on the trajectory, what we call path dependency, you know, towards incentivizing more and more car dependency because people have no choice but to use the car, while public transport is still considered second-rate policy-wise. You know, public transport isn't seen as safe. Public transport isn't seen as convenient because it doesn't connect uh, people who may have different journeys, especially because they're working from home, they might be traveling to another suburb instead of KL. You know, and we're not ensuring that our public transport system works for different people who may have different occupations and as a result also will have different travel patterns. We need to start discussing about how we can ensure that we move people efficiently throughout the Klang Valley, not just move cars, but to focus on mobility as a system where we move people from point A to point B at any point in the Klang Valley in the shortest time possible in the most economical way possible. That was Bernard Chong, transport activist with Transit Malaysia. A lot of other people talking about public transportation, actually, which we will get to, but I think that we've got a caller on the line, uh, you know, with, with some points to raise on this as well. We've got uh, Mukta. Mukta, good evening. What are your thoughts? Okay. I, I work at Kelai. I left the airport around 5 o'clock today. I'm going to Sobangya. I stay in Sobangya. Until now, I am on the road. I heard in the news, 5.30 on your news, there's a traffic jam from Denkel to Sojana. Until now, I'm stuck in that traffic jam. I don't know why they call it highway in the first place. And I look at the cars on my left, on my right, in front of me, behind me, including myself, all are single drivers. 
Not, I, I, I don't know the idea of uh, carpool. Why doesn't it exist here? And I searched around Subanjaya, Shalam. If there is any bus going to the airport, none, none, none. There is no bus goes from Subanjaya or PJ or Shalam goes to the airport. I don't know why is that. Yeah. Mokta, thanks so much for calling and for asking um, that very salient question. Why call them highways? What's the point <laughs> of carpools? Like these are big existential questions. I don't know. I the point about why we have so many single drivers, why we don't do more carpooling is such a good one. Um somehow it's never something that's become a huge cultural thing here, right? Because I remember um I remember for a time at least uh, in the US it used to be quite a thing. Um parents setting up carpools to send kids to school so that you didn't have to manage with just one person heading in. It's not as common here. I don't come off well in this. Um, I, I used to give a ride every day to a colleague, not one that I work with now. Um, and <laughs> uh, but, but that used to happen. And I found um, that socially speaking, for some people at least, I think carpools can be tricky. Uh, partly because I lost my morning commute. Like I would rather take the train if it were possible um, and be able to, to do my own thing, to sit with my headphones on, you know, do whatever it is I want to do, read my book, what have you, um, rather than be forced into small talk for 20 minutes to half an hour with somebody that I didn't know very well and never ended up knowing very well. And um, I, I don't think that's the only reason for why carpools don't work. I think part of it is just a lack of coordination. But there is that. Um, I completely get it. In fact, actually, what maybe I was thinking of was more along the lines of, um, do you remember at a certain point, I can't remember if it ever came to KL, but a lot of the ride hailing apps had pool options and they would pool together rides that were heading in the same direction and so on. Um Perhaps systems where you could, apps or systems where you can, you know, put in your thing and carpool and it doesn't necessarily have to be with like a regular friend. So there's less pressure to talk while you're doing your commute. Uh, just briefly, Shamsul, Chris, uh, CK, all bringing up points about public transport. Uh, Shamsul specifically saying, I think some of us can actually use public transport, but we decide to use the car instead. And we can be so productive. You know, I can clear all my office emails. I can reply my WhatsApps. Uh, similarly, Chris is making a very similar point. I, I think this is true for some uh, I think that there are issues raised earlier about the reliability of public transport, about um, whether you still end up the last mile problem, essentially. But I think otherwise, it is a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, however, we did have a, I can't remember whether it was a voice note or a caller earlier, talking about how um, the trains were too packed and therefore uncomfortable. Um, I also personally know people who in the last year um, had a lot of problems when we had the shortage of trains and, and therefore ended up having to wait you know, a really long time to have to take a train to work. So I think on paper, I agree. But for that, the system has to be efficient enough to rely on. Uh, let's finish off on this side of things, at least, with a voice note. Here is Aslan. Where's the flying cars? I thought this was one of the goals for Wawasan 2020 and it's already 2023. I think we, if we already have the flying cars, we wouldn't have to worry about potholes and traffic jams on the road, right? Aslan, don't even get me started on the things that 2020 let us down on. Flying or cars what, are the least of it. Or where we were supposed to be. Yes. Like, we should all be 
a melting pot dressed in silver flying around and flying cars, right? This is the, the promise of Wawasan Duplo Instead, we all stayed home and did nothing. Okay. In all seriousness, <laughs> um, and and Aslan, I guess, you know, I, I'm going to kind of do the, the annoying BFM thing, which is to bring up facts. <laughs> but the flying car conversation was... I remember this because we covered it on the show. Um, it was always going to be or supposed to be a people mover. So it's true, you're right, that uh, where are the flying cars? <laughs> it should be solving some problems. Uh, but it would still have the same problems in some ways as the trains or the buses because that's what they're intended to be. It's not supposed to be individual flying cars. No. And uh, I mean, flying cars, unlike what we might see in Star Wars, for instance, they don't just zip around the airspace. Um, they sort would, of hover. Yes. And there would be organized lanes which we'd have to follow which at some point would also get congested uh we also have actually we'll come back for these um we're asking you again what are your thoughts uh when it comes to traffic i mean how long is your drive every day what would fix it you can call double seven double three two nine hundred send a voice note or whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at bfm radio Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. It's 7.21. We're down to brass tacks, guys. We're talking today about traffic. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. The TomTom Traffic Index Survey 2022 found that Malaysians, uh, KL drivers specifically, lost 159 hours last year on the road during peak hours in the city centre, which has had us all in sort of this mutual misery zone today where we're commiserating, <laughs> hopefully, with each other and asking uh, how long is your drive every day? What needs to be done to fix it? Uh, that number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. That number to voice note is 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So we still have uh, a number of voice notes, actually, that have come in. Let's start with this one from Herman. Hi BFM, this is Herman. So yeah, I live in Cyberjaya and work in KL. So my daily commute hour would be like minimum one hour. And that's my kids yelling at the back. But anyway, yeah, we are just paying a premium toll amount just to be stuck in a highway just to go to KL. Yes. And that's terrible. I would rather have the extra time to, you know, sleep or work from home. But, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. Herman, uh, thanks so much for that. I, I think uh, I'd like to contrast that, though, against another voice note that came in from Amira. Hi, I work in Kuta Damansara and I live in Sha'alam. So before this, I would take NKVE to work and it would take me about one hour, 30 minutes or one hour, 45 to get to work. And now I use Dash Highway, Damansara Sha'alam Highway, and it takes me 20 to 30 minutes to work. Uh, of course, the toll is five ringgit, but honestly, I get more sleep now and I'm a little bit less stressed when I go to work. So I think it's worth paying the money. 
Amira, thank you so much for sharing um, the specific shout out. So I was thinking about this because both these voice notes came in at about the same time. And uh, we've also heard so many uh, specific tolls being called out as saying it's not worth paying this money. I still sit in the jam after. And um, I guess in, a, in an ideal world, town planning would have it as such or, or planning in general, urban planning would have it as such that we wouldn't be so beholden or at the mercy of where we live and where we get to or how how we get to work because now that's really the key difference. Some tools are worth it, some are not. No, that's absolutely it. The other point is, of course, Dash, I suppose, is relatively new. Relatively it's new. I, I say. think we yeah. can call it yeah. new. Yeah. Um, and... I remember that in the early days of the mix, this is exactly what people used to say. Oh, it's so much easier and I'm happy to pay the toll because it saves me half an hour in traffic. And yet today, here we are, mix is a pool of unmoving cars. So it's it's. I feel like a lot of these are temporary solutions which eventually end up con contributing to the problem. Uh, let's see. We, all, we also have a voice note uh, that has come in. This is Kenneth. Uh, hi, good evening, Shamila and Lind. Uh, well, I'm a full-time e-hailing driver, uh, so uh, driving is my job and I, I'm always on the road. And the most frustrating uh, traffic jam uh, would be uh, the Bukit Bintang area uh, where I was stuck uh, around Pavilion KL for up to one hour. Uh, and and just for a few uh, meters uh, trip uh, by the passengers uh, request yeah, it was it is that long one thing that can improve uh, short term is that the passengers uh, should request uh, their e-hailing uh, vehicle uh, in some less busy areas uh, like not those uh, that always stuck with a uh, pack with uh, cars for long term uh, solution may might be uh, the service hour for MRT uh, that brings people out of uh, town uh, can be extended to perhaps up to uh, two two in the morning uh, and to carry uh, people out of town. MRT is closed. It's closed for service uh, at a port after twelve midnight. And as for what would I rather do is uh, I would go to a toilet break uh, and. Uh, and having coffee uh, and uh, eating meal because obviously uh, stuck in, in the jam uh, you will be dehydrated uh, you will be starving or you are holding holding uh, your your pee uh. Kenneth, uh, thank you so much for that. I mean, yeah, uh, th there's a lot packed in there, I think. I wanted to get a little bit philosophical, though, because we've had some come in. Uh, Michelle says, most all the al alternative highways in the Kalang Valley are equally bad during rush hour. And when it rains, you start questioning life. So there is that. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Z is making a point about traveling from Shah Alam to PJ, but then also says... I do have a different perspective. I don't think humans need to be productive. It's great to have moments of not being productive. In regards to time spent, I personally don't mind driving in traffic because it helps me unwind and decompress and sometimes meditate or sometimes car karaoke. Of course, this is just a personal experience, but the guilt of the impact to the environment does persist. So that's an interesting onesie because I personally actually don't mind longer drives. It is the traffic and being stationary in one place that bothers me. Um, I also actually quite like a drive where I get to be a little bit sort of dreamy and just think about things. So that's that's it. Um, I find driving in traffic dangerous and stressful. I think um, you and know, it requires for all the your attention. 
It does, it does. So for all the reasons that people have listed, because otherwise, if you're just talking about a long drive, and we've had people uh, traveling really large distances, actually, all sorts of, you know, clangites, bangi, you know, coming into town. And the complaint is not the drive itself. The complaint is the jam. So I hear you and I, I totally co-sign the, we're not talking about endless productivity. I think it's really just the, at, at what cost, really? The stress, right? People, I mean, it's documented that traffic jams can actually increase stress levels. So it's not just um, it's not just wasted time. It can actually impact mental and physical health. I think we've got time for this voice note. Um, here is Shazni. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Jamila. Good evening. Uh, happy weekend. Giving a voice note here while stuck in traffic towards Cyberjaya. I'm, I'm just wondering, why is it that government did not make any like uh, bus yeah? in inter in the city bus you know like for, for example uh, between cyber to KL ke or Putrajaya to uh, Bandar Utama ke something like that you know instead of depending solely on the LRT or MRT why not just create bus and use the existing highway you know imagine all the 40 cars all the 40 drivers all them all of them cram into the cram into a one single bus wouldn't that be more efficient uh, Shazni, I agree. I wish you hadn't used the word cram. I know. <laughs> um, mostly because in relation to traffic, sardines, I think the image is just that. But yeah, I agree. Some of those buses do exist though, but the complaints usually tend to be that they're not efficient, they're not common enough, uh, or you end up being crammed, as in they're not enough of them. Or they're mysterious. Yes. You know, it's like, where is it? Is it coming today? Who knows? These are the questions of life. Uh, we also had people bringing up work from home and the need to instate that. Um, Timberwolf, Jeffrey, Brian, all making the same point. And I think maybe that is a separate show um, that, that would warrant its own inside story because unfortunately, we are out of time. It has been um, an hour and a half of, I assume, people sitting in traffic and talking about traffic. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope everyone's driving safe. You've been listening to Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.